Okay, good evening. So, uh, tonight's topic, I think it's going to probably take us two weeks, I was pondering and contemplating to do it or not to do it. Um, some of the people that are on the share, it's no longer applicable. But I, I, I am sure some people that listen to it, it's applicable. But I think for all of us, there's a lot to learn over here. And that's about educating children, grandchildren, because it's really a hashkafa, um, a worldview, which we don't hear or see in the world. And I, and I, and I believe it's that what we're going to learn tonight and the next, and next time is just as pertinent and just as germane and okay to us. So whether you have little kids at home or big kids at home or you don't have kids, um, all of these, these the points that the Rebbe is going to make, Kornei Chazal, is very important. Actually, one of the greatest Machanchem, Bali Chinuch, in the past generation, was a Simcha Wasserman. He was a son of Rabbi Yochanan Wasserman. Rabbi Yochanan Wasserman, of course, was the great Talmud of the Chavetz Chaim. Simcha Wasserman, um, unfortunately, did not have any children. But he was considered one of the greatest experts on Chinuch, and when people would ask him, like, how do you know so much about Chinuch? He said he saw his parents' house. Um, well, as we'll see, the, the lessons of Chinuch, we're all Machanchim. Uh, I just came from my, uh, I came from the night seder, but I ran. I, I was, I had a, quite a busy day. I was, uh, I had, a, I was gone for the weekends for a bar mitzvah relative outside Muncie, and then I had a conference of heads of school, and then I got back today with bang, 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 bang. Um, and then towards the end of the day, my, my son in 8th grade uh, graduated uh, uh, elementary. So, and I actually taught the 8th grade twice, twice a week. So a lot of them came over to me, besides being the CEO, uh, etc. But I was just thinking, the truth is, is that everyone's a mechanic. How we act, what we do, and whether it's, the, or it's our own kids, it's our nieces and nephews, grandchildren, um, we all have a role in mechanic. So on that note, we're going to do Chinuch for the next two weeks, and I happen to believe that a lot of it's even applicable to you and I. We mechanic ourselves as well, and some of these things are very important. Rabbi Chaim, just as a word of hakdama, a word of introduction, Rabbi um, Chaim disagrees with some of the more contemporary sages about how to raise children, and that, as we'll see, is actually once heard of Chaim being interviewed, uh, how, the one interview I ever heard him, he was interviewed for a major tzedakah. They showed him live in Lakewood in front of thousands of people. They had a whole event raising for Le'ev Lachim, which was a tzedakah that was very close to B'chaim. It was about being, doing kirv on the millions, mamash millions of Israelis who don't know about Hashem, Torah, Mitzvahs. And part of this interview, they asked B'chaim questions about chinach, about raising children. His brother-in-law, who himself is a gadol, Yitzhak Zilberstein interviewed him, and one of the things he said is that he thinks people are crazy today that they believe you should never, ever hit a child. So much of craziness, he said, which he'll discuss now. I will just note, there are others prominently, Rabbi Volba, who was the author of Ali Shore, held that today hitting children is so nuclear that you shouldn't do it. But I think what we'll hear from Rabbi Chaim is very important on many levels, which I'll hopefully elaborate on. There are people in our time. You have people believe today that all the pop psychology education now there is a lot of wisdom in psychology, in, including for ed- educationally. But this is 
um, certainly very popular today, and not necessarily totally Torahic. You should not touch your children. Don't touch them. Don't hit them. Uh, almost don't chastise them. Don't, don't rebuke them. Cold over. They have to understand everything by themselves. Don't force them. Don't force them. Certainly, you shouldn't put your foot down on anything. Uh, and certainly not to hit them. And they give the kid whatever they want. Whatever the kid wants. By the way, um, just this just today, someone told me my, my my daughter is a year out of seminary, and the girl that got married first in her se- uh, coming out of seminary in her class just got divorced. So my mother-in-law, my schwager, who's a professor uh, of social work and certainly is involved in a lot of human dynamics, was noting that divorce in the from world, albeit way is way lower than the general society way, way lower, but it's still higher than it ever was. And she said these kids come in entitled. They come in, first of all, not understanding what marriage is about giving, and not just getting, it's about adjusting. And they're so used to getting everything they want and feeling a level of entitlement uh, that it's very hard for these kids to adjust to marriage. And, and for some of them, God forbid, it leads to divorce. Uh, so in some parents imagine you give a kid whatever they cry for, I, you know, sometimes when my kids were younger, actually some of my own kids now, they want something, they would cry and cry, I need this, I want this. Or sometimes they couldn't even, sometimes they couldn't even um, say, say, say the words, they're just crying. I told my wife, it's literally a level of terrorism. You know, a terrorist a bat, it comes, they want something, you don't give in just because they want, I mean, there are times to say yes, there are obviously times to give. But just because somebody's crying for something, it's not always for their best. I remember that I once heard a lecture from a very uh, from head of the psychotherapy department about OCD, and he was talking about a person who has compulsion, and they, they want something, they want something, they need something, and they're talking about younger people, or even not so as young people, that um, sometimes helping them give into their compulsion is certainly... No chesed and not an act of kindness. You're just worsening the situation. We would imagine that if you saw an alcoholic or a drug addict begging for drugs, begging for the alcohol, we would all realize that a person who has a compulsion, you're not helping the person by giving in. And certainly with education, helping to raise a child, just giving them whatever they want is ein It's not the proper way according to Torah. Certainly it's not proper. Uh, even patching is really nuclear, even according to Chaim, it's only really at something which is an extreme for our time, it's not, it's not a daily use. And we'll see, by the way, probably next week when Chaim discusses that it's really not if you're angry, it's really not if it's not with a clear state of mind, it's not a cerebral decision for the best care of the child. But even if it's cerebral, even if you're, you're totally calm, you're doing it purely for the sake of the child, not because a person's upset and their catharsis is chas v'shalom to hit their child, but that itself has to be very, very infrequent. And itim rechoikis means that far, you know, from one far enough from another time, very, very infrequently. Shimloikim ma'abim bezeh, really a patch, again, it's nuclear. If you do it, if it's more common, ya'abed ma'abed bezeh kosh, but shamakas, everything is lost. I think I, I've noted before that if you rebuke somebody, if you tell somebody that they're doing something wrong, and if they're 100% wrong, if you scream at them, 
if you scream at them, they will not hear anything you said. All they will see is a person who's lost their temper, a person who they'll look as wrong, and screaming will not get the answer done. The Zalbazach, the same thing, is with uh, hitting. If a, certainly if a person hits uh, a child, so it's a child when they're upset, all the child will learn nothing, nothing but the parent lost control. But even if they do it often, then it's not something that's it's an extreme thing where a child is punched and goes, whoa, this is really bad. I really need to stay away from them. Uh, so, so even though patching the coin of crime is very, very infrequent and a very rare occasion, some say never, by the way, as I noted, but crime holds, has to be part of the arsenal, has to be part of a parent's arsenal. Not to push a kid, not to, to rebuke your child, to tell a child you're doing something wrong. That's terrible. I mean, that's, uh, that's not Yiddish. The Khvar Amru Burushami, the Talmud Yushami says in Khala, Omar Bi Simon, I'm gonna skip the, the the Aramaic just for our sake. Elohanoshan, or the ladies, Shaimris, Lonakriya Benino, I'm not gonna force my child, like Hanas the base manager, to go learn Taira. If he wants to go learn Taira, he'll go on his own volition to learn. Don't push him to go to Minyan. If the child wants to go to Minyan, they'll go to Minyan. Such mothers are not doing good things. But if you push the kid, if you sort of force the kid to learn Torah, then Hashem will learn, will teach him, and he'll learn know how to learn. Now, by the way, this is uh, this of anything that I've taught in, in a long time. A long time. This is really West Point. Um, Every child is unique, and every person is unique. It happens to be the whole sugya, the whole concept of rebuke is unique, and therefore a person has to know how to ever rebuke a person. As a rov, and now as uh, CEO, which I have leadership and managerial, and I deal with lots of people, uh, um, different folks, different strokes. We're talking about conceptually, conceptually of, of certainly a parent, certainly a leader, has to learn how, know how to push people. How to inspire is certainly the best. Sometimes, however, inspiration is not going to be enough. There has to be, this is what needs to be done. The end. Now, how you say it and the form you say it very often is unique to the person you're talking to. The language you use, the tone of voice. I have one of my children, if you would raise your voice, it would startle them and it would actually be counterproductive. Another child, I can tell you, they need to hear, this is the law of the land. Very black and white. So it's not, we're not talking about everything is the same for, 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 for all kids. However, what is universal, so a Chaim, is not to push your children, you're going to make them lose out. V'chsiv, it also says in Proverbs and Mishlai Gimel, Chais, a very famous Pasuk, Chais, a shiv person who holds back the staff never gives a kid a patch, or never, whether it's an oral, whether it's an actual, right? he hates his child. Hates the child. The oyovo, and someone who loves their child, shichro musr, right? They will give that child musr, will give that child, um, call it a rebuke, call it edification, call them ideas, call it uh, personal development, and a lot of personal development is that. Pirish Rashi, Choshech Shifto, isn't the harash is it? 
If you hold back the stuff, if you don't educate, if you don't rebuke your child, soifo, you know what's going to happen in the end? Shisaino es benoi. You're gonna, you'll end up hating that child. You know why? Because you will see that child go out to do bad things in life, and you will hate them. They'll embarrass you. You never told them right and wrong. You never put them down. And by the way, this is very important, and we'll see in a minute. The medrash. Very often, the, the kids that that are um, have a huge potential for good have huge potential for bad also. We know that the, the, the one of our messiahs is the people mentioned in the Torah, whether they're good or they're bad, are all great people. We just had Kairach, had tremendous potential, and went, to, went, 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 went off. Um, and many others. So some of the worst people that we know, that, we, that have damaged Jewish people permanently sometimes, permanent damage, there are leaders of the reform and conservative movement who have led millions of Jews off the path, and some of their children are, are Episcopalians, Catholics, apostates, heretics, uh, you know, agnostics. And these people were great people, tremendous potential. Uh, and they, they, for whatever reason, made terrible mistakes. Some of the, the early secular Zionists were were leaders and founding of states, but they, they created a reality with no Hashem. And now you have Israelis, they can go to Europe, they're married to Swedish ladies, because, and they were Yemenite Jews, because they came to Israel, they were totally observant. And some of this happened because they were, they, they were, their kreichas were not utilized. I remember there was a certain big rabbi who, I'll tell you, Rabbi Fran, when he came to visit, uh, San Jose, when I was involved there, quoted a big Rosh Hashiva, said that that rabbi was the greatest disappointment of the 20th century. Now, he was a big rabbi, but he had so much more potential. That rabbi was the greatest disappointment of the 20th century. You know why? Because he could have done so much. It, 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 there, so, there's a tremendous potential in people. And sometimes, if that, if a, certainly if a child is not told rights and wrongs, they can use their brains and their strengths for the worst things, for terrible things. Terrible, terrible things, all in the name of, of social justice and civil rights sometimes, you know, without good ideas and a good heart, but misplaced. And sometimes a person can use their passions and their desires, which have never been chastened, never been... Um, Put, put, put boundaries on and they don't know how to control themselves and the, the reality is, is had these people had limits in their life and, and rights and wrongs they would have been amazing people because they have so much passion so much energy so much ability to do some people are just low energy and some of the people who end up doing even acts of disgusting acts of moral turpitude uh, of lowly acts uh, can't stay married for many reasons, is they had a lot of passion and they could have, could have been guided in the proper way. Certainly, if a parent does not educate a kid Jewishly, the damage sometimes is you can't go back, you can't turn back the clock. can't turn back the clock. I must say, that many of the good people that I, that I know who became Bali Chuva even later in life, it was too late for their children, and you just wish you could turn back the clock. Um, you know, you put your kid in the wrong school, in the wrong environment, 
and you imagine that they'll be fine, or your person is naive, very often Bali Chuva I'm referring to didn't know better. And so they educated their child like a Gentile. Essentially, they educated a Jewish neshama like a Gentile. And even if they went to their conservative temple, temple they pretty much educated in the same public school as every Gentile wasp, or, or you name it, as everyone else. And you know what happened? Uh, that child married a Gentile, or the child lives like a Gentile, because that was their chinach. And many of these people, Nebuch, did not know better um, at the time, and you know it's it's certainly a, a tragedy on many levels. But you can't can't turn it back. Uh, sometimes you could. Sometimes you go for the grandchildren, or you dive in hard enough. There's things that could be done. But the point is, is that when you're t- when you're educating somebody, the decisions the parents make is not to educate, whether it's they didn't know better and they gave the kid no Jewish, Jewish education, or uh, they knew better but they were so ridiculously wrong not to tell a kid right and wrong that that kid <laughs> went in a path that's totally either beneath them or totally terrible or, or just sold himself short. Listen to this. I, I, would, I would never say this. Right? I would never have the, um, the, 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 the when it's coming to Madrashim, I would never say, but the Medrash says this. So, actually, the first one is not so strong. The second Medrash, I would never say. The Medrash Mishnah says, Do you ever hear of a person who hates a child? The, the, the bond between a parent and a child is the deepest bond. But, but because, because he doesn't rebuke him with Torah uh, and, and with Chachman, it's you hate him. If you see a child, actually, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you, you tell your kid of wisdom and Derech Eretz, you love him. You invest in a kid. If you're a coach of a team, you have to coach a team to tell them how to do good. If you're a teacher, just kind of, again, coming from a graduation, you know, if you want a kid to learn math, you don't tell the kid if they solve the wrong answer to the to the question. I see it's a fake on the question. The phone Yitzchak is, is a mathematician on the on the side. If you, you know, he, he offered to tutor a couple of times. So if you're if you teach someone math, you don't tell them they do something wrong. You got the right answer. You know what happens? Because they'll always get the wrong answer. You tell a kid the wrong answer is right. You will you will teach them the wrong lessons in life. Uh, if you t- let a kid make a mistake. You're going to teach them and not te- fix it. They're going to make the same, same mistake over and over, thinking that they're thinking that they're right. Like Bubby, Allah Hashem, my grandmother. I don't know. If, I, I don't. I, you know. I think you know, when my grandmother passed away. I think she was 405. Uh, who was a real total survivor of the Holocaust. Lost, lost her first husband. Uh, you know, and my, my my Zayd lost his first wife and two kids in front of his eyes. My grandmother, I think she gave my hand, my mother's half-sister in the middle of the Holocaust. She gave birth in 1942. You go figure, you know what that is? In the middle of Poland. Uh, and my half-aunt, Sprach Hashem, survived. That's also an, a miracle story. But this Bubby would tell me all of her stories of the Holocaust. And I remember many of them. I had nightmares as a little kid. My, my, her husband never said a word about the Holocaust. In fact, I knew nothing about Europe because he was so traumatized and never discussed it. I don't remember come on any story my grandmother my Bobby said, but there's one story I'm telling you, this story I remember from the time I was a little kid. She told me the following story. She, well, I don't remember I don't remember the details. I must have heard this I remember 
is my first house I can remember. So I was under 10 years old when I heard the story. She told me there was once a boy in Poland who did something and he got, uh, ended up killing somebody and he got the death sentence. And he asked him, do you have any last wishes? And he said, I want to see my parents. And he went over to his parents right before he was about to be killed and he spit in their face. And he said, I'm going to die because of you. Because you never taught me right or wrong. That was a story I got on It was about non-Jews. This is not a Jewish story for many, on many levels. But, I mean, there's, but, and it's a little bit crude, to say the least, this Polish story. But there's a lot of truth to it as well. That if a kid ends up getting hung or killed or killing very often, not always, but very often, it's because he never was taught right or wrong. So today, Nebuch, in the inner cities, many kids don't have a father to teach them right or wrong, and their mother's on drugs. Um, but for you and I, and for Yid, it's certainly important to be able to educate, to teach a child how to live. And by the way, it's the same thing in ourselves. Right? We, we very often want to just go on our way, and we don't want our boundaries when we're told what's right or wrong. The whole point of Musr, see, when you get older, hopefully you can change yourself. But the whole point of Musr is to point out things that we all need to work on. Listen to this message. This, this message, that I just, as noting before, I would never, <laughs> I would never. In fact, if anyone would tell me this on their own, I would say they're, 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 they're out of their minds to say this. But this is the Medrash. Chazal. That if you hold back the rod of punishment, you hate your child. If you don't teach your kid, and again, the, there's some kids are mellow, and they're and for them, by the way, usually what happens is it's not educated properly. They're just underachievers their whole life. Okay, they're underachievers. I know a few people that are total underachievers because they were not pushed. Uh, and sometimes they're even told what's right or wrong, but they were not pushed. And they became underachievers. People, classmates, and people around me that I was, was around, no one wanted to push them. So they didn't, and they were more mellow type, more chilled out, so to speak, type people. And they really had potential to do more, in my humble opinion, and never did. So it says the Medrash, Soif Balatamasra, a kid who's more high profile, high energy, by the way, who could be a leader, could be a tzaddik. Could be Mashiach. Who knows? In the end, it wasn't educated. So if the ball of Tarbasra goes off the improper way, and the parent will come to hate it. Who is the example? This Medrash says she came at Sinu Listen to this. Yishmal. Shahayu lo gagum al Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu, who's his first child. He was close to Avram, and Avram thought it was very cute. But he, and because of that, he did not push Yishmael. So he still manages blaming Avram Avinu at whatever level that Yishmael went off the derech. And we know that Yishmael ultimately had to be kicked out from the house of Avram. So there was a level of hatred. And he was sent out away from his house with nothing. What was the end of Yishmael? What was the highest of Kishigarsho? When he was kicked out, Yashav Parshish he would sit at the forks in the road. In the old days, there were not uh, many ways to travel. There were a few main roads 
throughout the Middle East, throughout the ancient civilization, and that was it. Afterwards, it was not just unpaved, it was, it was almost, un- there were animals, there was, there was no way to get a camel or horse across, it was extraordinarily difficult. So you had the traffic were working on certain, walking on certain roads, and he would sit in one of the one of the more quieter areas and rob people. Uh, and he was a wild man. the same love of Yava. Yitzchak is Esav. Yitzchak loved Esav. and because of his love, he didn't properly educate him. He went out to Tarbisrala Shalobiduhu because he did not push him. Kemosh Shishaninu Kamish Averis Ava when he turned Bar Mitzvah, he did or some say fifteen, he did five Averis of Ishtab Mises Ava. He even wanted to his father to die. He waited for his father to die. Yitzhak so he can kill his brother Yaakov. So you see again, Yitzhak is 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 blamed for not properly educating Asaf. Another example, again, this is a medrash about the, some of the greatest people that ever lived on this earth. David did not push his son of Shalom. He went off completely of Shalom. He murdered his siblings. Not he murdered his siblings. Actually, he, didn't, he, murdered, uh, he murdered Amnon. He tried something to try to murder Silla, he murdered on the Ubika He tried to kill his father, he rebelled. Vishakim Pelikshav, and he slept with his father's concubines. The we know that David and Melch had to escape barefooted, and there ended up being a civil war which David would win, but thousands and myriads, Kamalaf and Kamarvovas, would die because of one person of Shalom who had tremendous potential, who could have been a, a force of good, became a force of evil. He likewise David with his son. He didn't push him. He didn't ends up declaring himself king and ultimately has to be killed um, by Shlomo and Yov. Uh, by Shlomo, not Yov. The and the Medrash, This is all Medrash. This is not Chaim. Chaim would never say this. I certainly would never say this. If you go ahead and push your child, rebuke your child, educate your child, not just let them go with the flow. You're going to end up loving that child. That That's a child that you'll have an Yiddish anachas from. You know, my wife's grandmother, Kanaya Nahar, I think she's turning 105, I believe, this month, if not next month, I think this month. 105, she, uh, she, used to, she told me many times, there's only one nachas. It's Yiddish Nachas. Not if your son's a doctor, a lawyer, or a star, it's whether he's a good Jew. That's a Nachas for a parent. That's an eternal Nachas. You come and you tell your kid, you teach your kid, Aval Aviv, he'll be beloved by the Father. You'll afflict, means push your kid, and you'll do a Yomar Yisra bin Chakiyesh Tikva, that we hope. Umaysif Alav. Ahava, and you'll come to love him. You see by Avram, now he goes back to Avram. Avram had Yishmael. Um, after Yishmael, he had his son Yitzhak a few, a few years later. So with Yitzhak, he already saw the Yishmael, what had happened. Yasser is Yitzhak, but no, he pushed his son Yitzhak. This is good, not good. Now, don't cry to me. 
Don't tell me you're tired to wake up for me in the morning. Yitzchak, you're going to wake up for me in the morning, Yitzchak. And don't tell me it's at night, you don't want to learn Torah. You're going to learn tonight. You got time to eat supper, Yitzchak? Yitzchak, you can learn Torah tonight also, Yitzchak. And Yitzchak, you're upset, you're angry, that's not how you talk. It's not okay, Yitzchak. You taught him. He didn't say, oh, I actually once saw a story, I once heard a story, I saw, I saw a story, I saw something came about Shuba. And he said that, um, he asked his parents, who had, he said, he described his parents that they, had, well, they were not religious at all, but they would light candles on the television Friday night. <laughs> and they'd watch the television, but they light candles on the television Friday night, Friday night. And this guy was totally, went totally off. He, I mean, they had some level of tradition. He had no question, no, he had a whole journey, and he ends up becoming religious at the end of the journey. And he asked his parents, why didn't you ever tell me, like, anything about anything? Uh, you know, why didn't you ever educate me Jewishly? And, you know, and his parents said, well, we never wanted to, to upset you or to turn you off. They never told him things. So this guy in the story said, the funny thing is his parents one time washed soap out, his mouth out with soap because he said a racist statement. That, the, the racist statement, obviously they're probably Bay Area parents, real liberals, and obviously no one should say racist statements. Uh-huh. That's a good feeling that not to say a racist statement. But that's all they cared about. That, they had enough, they, that they didn't let this kid get away with. A racist statement? I mean, they're right for not like, getting away with it. But what about, his, what about his, his lifestyle? Life journey? His connection to Hashem? They had some, obviously some level of Yiddish guy Judaism in the house, even though it was very low. That they didn't do nothing about. That they don't want to upset the child. And I got to tell him, Yitzchak! Get up from Indian. It's like this is this is not the type of girl you date, right? And again, I'm just this is West Point. We're just talking about concepts over here. Concepts. Some people are orphans. Some people really don't have a father and mother, and some people have fathers and mothers who never teach them. And, and he said when he was 37 years old when he, when he did the binding like, he's tied up so he bound him like a, like, like a sheep like a sheep for like a sacrifice therefore the Pesach says at a different later point he gave, Avram gives everything he gave everything spiritually materially to Yitzchak Yitzchak becomes an Achaz Yitzchak the kid who he pushed that becomes his Nazi. He eats about Yitzchak. It's Meshach and Musa to Yaakov. He eats like gives him. This is all the measures. Gave Musa to Yaakov. Shalom to Yitzchak. Torah v'Yatzur v'Sel Tamudu. He pushed him to learn. Yaakov, you learned how many hours? Like eight hours. You could learn ten. He could because there's a coast thing, by the way. When I tell you, there's something that undersell. I'm like, parents, oh my kid, he's so nice, so good. Went to Davin. He came ten minutes late. He learned four hours today. Could have learned fourteen hours. It means part of it is pushing the kid where they need to get to. Again, you know, if someone could be a, a star, a star, and they, they become mediocre, that's a loss. It's a loss for the person. It's a loss of the whole world. It's a loss for the Jewish people. And so it's like, sees Yaakov learning, he says, no, you got to learn more. And you, Yaakov, you, you can't go on cruise control over here, Yaakov. You have more potential than that. You're smarter than that. You're better than that. And he did that with Yaakov. Viroida is someone. Af Yaakov Avinu, by the way, says, excuse me, 
That's why Yaakov got the bracha of Yerushasaretz. He got the world. The world will belong to Yaakov Mashiach. So Yaakov Aminu and Yaakov himself. Yisra Esponov. He pushed his children. He taught them his ways. Yaakov, with all 12 children at the end of his life, when he says, Shema Yisrael, the Major says, of course, that everyone, they said, that's where Shema Yisrael comes from, they all answered, Yaakov, Hashem Elokein Hashem Echa, your God is our God, your Torah is our Torah, your mitzvah, Yankiv, is our mitzvah, Shekulam Tzadikim, they're all righteous. Ki everyone who loves their children, gives their children an education, Imagine you pay your kid to go to school and they just say, oh, you're okay. Just as by this, but that's a lot of contemporary junk. That you, you can live this lifestyle. You can just, this is who you are. Don't push yourself. If you're the type of person who needs to express themselves a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way, that, it's, not, it's not that's not education. That's completely hefkervelt. Vechsiv, and also the Pasuk says, again, going back to, to Mishli, Yisra Bimcha, if you push your child, if you give them a proper education, proper rebuke, and so-called uplift, which means push them, there's hope. It's hope for greatness. Hope. Don't push too much, because again, again, this is so unique to the child, and it's different. I'm just saying that we're doing blacks and whites objectively. Subjectively, every person, there's a certain point of tension where they cannot hear, they cannot handle. And that that take that that's what we'll see in a, in a few moments about educating a child according to the way and knowing that the limits. Again, I mentioned to you that for some people, they can learn ten hours a day, eight hours a day is under is, is, is selling themselves short. Some people can only learn six hours a day, and eight hours a day is not really reasonable, and it will break that child. It was just not what they can do. Some kids um, are very very smart, and they can easily get a good grade and cruise. And for them, maybe you have to push a little more. And some kids, as hard as they try, a B is an A+, plus because that B took them so much time and effort and energy. I'm not just talking about B in academically. That means that they become a, uh, if they're in sports, they're okay, or whatever it is, or they're not natural speakers and they're able to get up in front of a crowd and, and say a speech and not have stage fight, even though they're not going to be a, a, a darshan. So obviously, we're talking about there's a uniqueness for every child to know how to push them, and the key is to be able to push, to, to, to push them where they could go. And sometimes you have to tell them there's a floor. This is not what you do. This is not how a Jew acts. This is not how you talk. This is, you don't go to such a place. This is not okay. Not acceptable. Then there's hope. Then there's Tikva. Amr Bishmol, Yisrael B'Divritayro. <laughs> Listen to this. This is so serious. Now I know some people that will hear this that they they will look it's too late, too late for some of the children, grandchildren. But I will say um, that tefillah always has an effect. Ramesha says that with Bali Chuva, somebody always davened. And by the way, not just some people who come chuva. Some people they never taught their kid how to say please and thank you. I'm not joking. Never taught their kid how to, to handle. Um, tense situations or say thank you. And I'm talking very religious Jews. Never taught a person to be courteous. Child, no, 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 no. Never taught them how to help. And they're now adults. And that's very hard to change. So, but tefillah, but tefillah maybe they'll hear this class. 
this class, maybe they'll be learning Yom Kippur. You never know. You have to. You always have to daven. But I always have to daven. But listen to this. This is serious stuff. I remember you saw you saw with the Torah. Push your kids with with Torah. You want to be kind to save them from Gehenna. He do nothing. They're going to end up with a path to H-E-L-L. Is that kind to your child? Are you helping them? Right? If your child ends up a drug addict, but it's not just your child, it's a grandchild, it's a nephew, it's a niece, sometimes, you know, where they're going to start, you see a kid starting to smoke. So most normal people, by the way, unfortunately, are even observant Jews who smoke because nobody tells them it's wrong, they think it's cool. You're going to kill yourself. You're going you're gonna to end up blackening your lungs. Well, how about you're going to go to, you're going to blacken for in, in Gehenna, in H-E-L-O. You're going to let your kid eat non-kosher because they don't want to hear it? I'm not talking about someone who's weaker in observance. I can't tell them anything. They're, yeah. If you saw your kid put a gun to the side of the head and about to shoot himself, you're not going to say anything? Do you know what it means, Halila, to do certain things? I remember... Has more than once. If a kid, one, the parent, kid was marrying somebody they were not allowed to marry, and to marriage orders, and I told the parent they cannot go to the wedding. I said, "You're not cutting your kid off. You're not cutting your kid off, but you cannot go there and condone that. You're basically you're telling that kid it's okay. You know, obviously you're going to keep a relationship to first of your parents. It's a normal thing not to, but but to go to there with something which is a negative. How in the world do you do that? If you're not able to help your child to teach them the truth, you're going to be giving them, unfortunately, the path to Gehenim. Um, sometimes, when you overly love somebody, then you will pull away the rod of rebuke. And if a person gets a shemus, or a parent tells them, in a healthy fashion, in a functional fashion, then they'll be okay. That's how they'll become great people in this world. By the way, the same thing is in any educational setting. If you want to become a good doctor, somebody better tell you how to be a good doctor. You want to become good in in, you know, in sports, they tell you have a good coach. No, you got to do it better. To shoot this way, hit the ball this way. Avim lav. Then you're going to get a Malchus. We're going to get a Malchus of base, and you're going to do a virus and get whipped. In life, you know, if, you, if you're educated correctly, you have your parents telling you as a little kid what to do, and so this is a big kid. <laughs> you know, everyone, you know, parents are parents to the end of your life. You know, but, uh, but if not, you're going to learn hard knocks of life. And if you don't learn hard knocks of life in this world, if you don't get punched in the eye by someone or something, end up in jail or on drugs or divorced or unhappy, um, it could be some people are spared of that, then certainly there's going to be consequences that a person didn't live a proper life eternally. Vichtiv says again, Chanuk Lenar Pidarko, very famous Pasuk, teacher, educate a child according to his or her way. Then if, when they get older, that will become their reality. It says the Ra'al Bag, Levi Ben Gershon, who's a, I think a great... <laughs> This child, with his nature, with his, um, uh, with his character traits, 
Don't push a kid more than they could. Push the child what they're good at. Right? If they have a, a skill, if they sometimes the kid could sing and they could be a great singer, you got to teach, bring that out. Sometimes they're very athletic and that's a, an outlet for them. Or it could even be a pronosopist once one, one in a thousand. Whatever it is, you know the child and push them in that. Now, there's certain things in life are objective. By the way, can you imagine teaching a kid to drive or a person and telling them everything you do is okay? They would crash and burn. <laughs> they crash and burn. They're crazy. They'd get into an accident. They'd kill somebody else. They'd kill somebody else. And he teach when they're young, they'll grow up. I can tell you, I'm looking at these kids in 8th grade, and they still have journeys. Now, if ever, they in their gut. These kids in their gut have Yiddishkeit. In their gut. I saw a tour yesterday, I'm flight back, of people who were, with some Jewish education, but very, very weak. And it's not in their gut. And that's a danger, because it'll be very hard, they'll have tests in life, and their Yiddishkeit will be for some of them, they may not stand up to it. When you have and you have a real Torah education as a kid, it's in your gut. It's not that, then you get older, and by the way, it's, it's unique to you. You know this is who you are, this is what you gotta do. If you want if you teach a, a little calf how to plow the field, it's, it will grow up knowing how to plow, but a try an adult cow. Both much harder to get them to do it. Arav Shol Geffen. In Anta Koifuk Shilacha, when you have a, a, a vine, you can when it's young, you can put it. In it but once it gets the branch gets hard, you can't. There's nothing you can do with it anymore. It's still always by yid. There's always hope, but it's much harder. They see about Timnim and Arm Musar Kita Kenu B'Shev Lo Yamos Ata B'Shev Takenu B'Naf Shomashal Tzitzal. Help the person, and that they won't, they won't get hurt. Shevet Torah is in the Chachmah and Nar Meshulach Mevish. He quotes Rashi that says, "Divrei Lemuel Shlomo Shlomo Melech Masa Sheyisartu Imo Ma Bri." Shlomo Melech's mother gave him a rook, King Shlomo, King Solomon. Right, Shlomo Kafu Imo Shlomo Melech Al Ha'Amid. He was the king already, and she had no problem saying, "Shlomo Melech." You know, Shlomo, get over here! He, he messed up the first day of the base of the Mishra, he went with, with uh, Basparo, but she gave him rebuke all day long. Actually, it says that Shlomo, to the extent that whatever he did wrong was after his Rebbe was Nifter, because into that, his Rebbe would rebuke him. When he was Nifter, he had no one to rebuke him anymore. You know, tell the kid what's right and what's wrong, um, and they will give you uh, pleasure for. For it, for it, for God, the government smart. He'll loy mid yafa mitzvah or doiso. Even if he's learning well, it's a mitzvah. He should have a certain amount of, first of all, hierarchy, fear. He shouldn't be haughty. Sometimes that's a serious thing. Sometimes kids do something right and they need to know their place. That's also a level of education, a certain level of knowing what, you know, um, and appreciating the, what you could and should do. I'm going to hold here next week, it's going to actually talk about. Sometimes it's not just your children, it's your family. You could be yourself, of course. Obviously, we should always not let ourselves go wild as well. 
Um, you know, this idea certainly is, you know, if someone, your spouse speaks Lashon Hara, you're not helping her or him by not saying anything. Somebody who's doing something wrong around you, you're not helping her or him by not doing, stopping it. Again, in marriage, like in everything else, it takes a degree of Chochmah. And certainly by ourselves, someone just tell me, who's <coughs> actually going to smoking, they don't want to hear that it's wrong, so it's alcohol. The best thing in life, the best thing in life is we speak to ourselves. That we, you know, learning Musa is exactly that. It's, it's learning that we always need to be constantly refining ourselves and bettering ourselves. And the reward in this is to have this world and the next. Um, we'll hold here. This is very important. And the reason, again, this is not something we grew up in. And not certainly the Gentile society around us is off-kilter. And they call it, everything's mental health day. There's a lot of mental health problems, partially because the world's off kilter, um, but partially because people have no education and no amuna and Hashem, no belief in God. And a lot of the world around us doesn't believe in, actually, I think sports maybe the one area left. Some people, you know, educationally will do it, but certainly character, character, uh, belief is so Live and let live. It's so the antithesis um, of the world that we live in. And really, it's the essence of what this world is. We live in a world, which we start learning Pirkei is a corridor to the world to come. The point of this world is not enjoyment. The point of this world is self-perfection and perfecting the world around us. The only way we can perfect ourselves and the world around us is by giving ourselves, first and foremost, Kshayt Atzmacha, Beautifying ourselves, bettering ourselves, and then bettering the world. Uh, a person, obviously, is a chrai, is responsible for what's in their realm, part of children, children and family, um, falls into it, but it's really a hashkafa, it's really a way you view the world. Do you take the easy way, which is ultimately a crash and burn? It ultimately is a crash and burn. Either it's a crash and burn of mediocrity, which a person could have had greatness, to crash and burn for some they could have been the greatest people and they're the worst people uh, and sometimes the worst crash and burn is for eternity we will pick up next week on this topic and again I truly believe that albeit this is for kind of little kids or even some of the old, a little bit older really is talking about how to educate ourselves as well okay we'll hold here thank you hi Rafa 